0: All right, so the place of next, we've been on a journey and um, soon, sometime soon, there might be a whole packet of tapes available for it because I'm getting responses from a lot of people that are writing and telling us both online and from here and others that it's one of the most meaningful series that has ever come out of this place. Um, I've done a lot of series in my life. I don't, I don't know how many sermons I've taught or messages I've given, lots. And this one's profound for me because I'm on this journey. We're all on it together. And we're all coming from a place of from, right? And, and the place of from, when the old place of next begins to lose, it's zeal. and and the new wine begins to turn into old wine, then God wants us to move to another place of next. So I can honestly say we're all coming from a place of from to a place of next, and some of us have arrived at a place of next, and we don't quite understand it. So the intent of the Holy Spirit, while we've been on this sojourn together, is to break it down so that we realize it, embellish it, and that we don't feel a disdain or a disconnection because something's new. All through the scriptures, we see how hard it's been for people to leave what was especially familiar when they just got safe. I mean, how about the children of Israel? 430 years of slaves in Egypt, bearing generations, not even being able to worship their God anymore. Do you remember when the Lord told Moses to go get his people. It was the, the main reason was so that they could worship him again. That's how much he loves worship. He wanted to get them out of that stronghold so they could worship. And, and, and some of them began to cry out because going to the place the next didn't quite fit the episode in the way that they wanted to write it. And some of them cried out and said, we were better where we were. Slaves getting crushed by stones and whipped and so sometimes we don't want to let go of what was to, to be able to embrace what is. And we have many reasons and excuses, right? Oh, I'm too old for that now. I'm too young for that now. I don't have enough money. I'm so busy. I've got this to get in place first. My health is being challenged. I'm, we can come up with all kind of reasons. And yet the Lord says, let me take you on this path to the place of next. And so as I was embracing this again this week, and just yesterday, the Lord was leading me, and I saw this in the spirit. It wasn't a vision. I saw it in the spirit. And, And what I wrote was onward to the place of next, and that the driving force of the breath of God is the wind in your sail. The driving force of the breath of God is the wind in your sail. How Amazing is the breath of God. There's a wonderful word. It rhymes with refresh in the Hebrew. It's called nefesh. Nefesh. And when God was creating man, he only blew the breath on man in his likeness and in his image. He didn't blow it on the fish. He didn't blow it on the waters. The Holy Spirit brooded over the waters. But God the Father blew his breath, his nefesh, the breath of God. The breath of God is is the pure, the pure life and energy of God himself, and what the Lord was saying to us this week is he says "I know you 're going to another place and, and it may feel difficult and hard, and you may have terror and fear because that 's a natural human thing, and, and the enemy of your soul and the enemy of your destiny, He wants to occupy our minds with fear and intimidate us because." we're always a little wondrous about something new how am i going to fit what is it going to do for me you know i'm dealing with some people right now who who suddenly just in the in the in the middle of the night lost their jobs and they're scared and they said i'm i, I, I haven't been without a job in 12 years and i've got bills coming due next month And you know what I said to him? I said, I understand, been there and done that. But you know what? God already knows that. And he says he will give the provision for you to go along with the vision on the place of next. And sometimes we have to adjust ourselves, but the provision is already there. And remember what we shared that started this whole thing coming into the first of the year as we came off of 100 days of prayer that God called us to? We don't do that all the time. And when we did, we didn't know that it was gonna end on New Year's Eve. We had no clue, but he did. And then he called us to a 21-day fast and we went through that and right at the beginning of it, he gave this very vivid vision, a real vision. And it was walking on this trail and it was natural and many of you were there, I'm sure. We were walking together, people I didn't even know. And as we went down this path, it was narrow, it wasn't wide. So the path was very defined and straight. It was going from a place to a place. I recall what Jacob said when he finally came to this Padamaran and he was laying down and put his head on a rock and, 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 and all of the windows of heaven opened up and angels were going back and forth and all of a sudden he became alive to see in the spirit what was already going on and and, and I want you to come alive to see in the spirit what's already going on. There are angels going to and fro to heaven to give you the provisions and, and the things that God has for you already. You have an angel that's directing your steps and going forward with you because that's what the psalmist says. And you have angels with flaming swords around you to protect you and to keep you with a fire by night and a cloud by day. And as we walked, there was a corral and there were no animals in it, but what was in there was a bunch of provisions stacked perfectly, getting ready to be distributed. I don't know how Amazon... Stacks their stuff, I hear they're pretty good at it, but I don't think they could do it that well. Because as I really zeroed in on it, I saw there were layers, and the layers were meant to be able to peel off, and then the next one put on, and the next one put on, and, and it was endless, and I couldn't see the end of the pasture of the corral, and I couldn't see the beginning. I couldn't see any side or dimension. All I know is it was along the right side of the path. And I know where my Lord sits, on the right hand of the Father to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And then all of a sudden, there it was, written in big letters on the side of a very naturally built building, hand-hewn out of the woods and the forest, and the four letters next, N-E-X-T. And I asked the Lord, what is this? And he said, tell the people they're arriving at the place of next. Next. And that's what began this whole thing, and so we began to dig in and understand it, and, and we understood, as Jacob said, this is the place where God is. And, and I want you to understand, it's, it's not just this house, but you are the place where God is. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You're his temple. And yes, when we come together in a place that's sanctified and, and set apart for God, and where there's worship 24-7, and where we won't allow the altar to be defiled... Yes, that's a powerful place to be of God, but you're also the place of God. Wherever you lay your head at is the place of God, if you're in Christ Jesus. And so, as we moved into the place of next, we learned many things. We learned about Eliezer, the the servant of Abraham, whom, whom didn't even understand what the vision of Abraham was, and we learned about the oath of the thigh, when there was a covenant made to continue in the bloodline, the blessings of God. Well, Jesus Christ gave you an oath. It's in Revelation, it's on his thigh. And he made a covenant with God for your bloodline. And that this covenant would never be broken. And that this covenant was the final covenant. There would never need to be another covenant because it's by his own blood. And so you're the children of the covenant of Christ. And that covenant is strong and powerful. It broke hell wide open, every knee bows at it. Every tongue confesses of it. And all the rights and all the blessings that come as being the heirs, the inheritance of Jesus Christ are yours and mine. All the provision that we need. And then it always comes with a test. That's what we talked about last week, the test. About Abraham before God was prepared to really activate the covenant that God had made with him. He didn't understand it. Before he was ready to do it, he, he was told to sacrifice what he thought what he thought was the promise of his covenant. And so he took his son and, and the word says multiple times, the Lord told him, "Take your only son Isaac. God was rubbing it in. How about to you? Let go of your only thing that you have. Let go of your only comfortable let go of your only binky huh it's hard to get a binky out of a baby they want to hold on to him forever well we have spiritual binkies we don't want to let him go god says let go of your only and let me show you your many and that's what he did with abraham abraham was ready to pass the test of god Ready to say, Lord, you gave me this son. You're taking the son. This does not make any sense. We don't sacrifice our children. But if that's what you told me to do, and I believe it's your voice, he took the knife. And the child was on the altar of wood that he carried himself in the middle of Mount Moriah. And he took the knife. And then God showed him the vision of Jesus Christ. As John 8 tells us, took him forward in time and he saw that christ already paid the price he passed the test and right when he did you know what god did he said now look at the stars look at the sands look at whatever you want to look at that's how many people are going to be blessed by the abrahamic blessing in the covenant and you and i get those blessings and then sarah died the matriarch of the jewish people the mother." the one who really was the one presiding over the family. Abraham was a terrible guy about family, right? Very dysfunctional. Caused a lot of dysfunction in the family. It took her to get things back in line. And she dies. And... Abraham's grieving and he figures, I'm going to die soon too. And, and, and now the matriarch's gone and, and, and now my son Isaac needs a woman. We need a new matriarch, but I surely can't take her out of the wrong bloodline. Has to be in the right bloodline. So he sends Eliezer, his servant. And Eliezer goes to the place where Abraham came from, where his family was at. And he happens to come across The promise, Rebecca. Now Rebecca has a test. Eliezer says you're supposed to come with me, you're the one, you're the one that the grace sits upon, you're the one of the promise, you're Isaac's wife. Now she doesn't even know, it's like what I did to my wife when I first met her, I said you're gonna marry me, we're gonna have children, she goes what? (laughs) It's true, ask her, but! She got tested. And she said, I'll go. And Eliezer said, let's not wait when the promise comes. When the promise comes and it's time to fulfill the next, don't get distracted. Don't get weighed down. Don't wait, don't stumble. And in spite of ourselves, the Lord says, go. Come back and go. And so the family says, well, let's keep her at least 10 days. Ten days. Well, you know, ten days could have become a year or two years or five years. When it's time to go, it's time to go. So they said, well, let's ask the lady. Let's ask this young virgin. What does she say she wants to do? And she didn't wait. She said, I will leave with him tomorrow. And I will go where God has sent me. She passed the test. And in both instances, there was a statement made. And both of them said the same thing. They were sent Abraham at one point and then Rebekah at another. You will possess the gates of your enemies. It goes by a lot of people's minds. You will possess the gates of your enemies. Well, hopefully you don't have any real flesh enemies or a lot of them anyway, Right? because we don't want to confess we have enemies. I mean, I'd love to tell you I don't, but I know there's some people out there that that hate me. I get hate mail. I get death threats. I get crazy stuff. So I say, wow, such hatred. I don't call them my enemy, but they call me their enemy. But that's not what we're talking about because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, and those are your enemies. And God has said, you shall possess the gates of your enemies. Now what does it mean to possess the gates of your enemy? Well, dig deeper because I'm doing an overview and I only have a few minutes to get to the crux of it. But to possess the gates of your enemy means that wherever that gate is, that's the place of authority. And it comes from the city gates. In those days when someone would sit in front of the city gate and that was the place of authority. When it was time to be judged in Israel, it would be done at the city gate. The city gate determined the economy that was coming in and out, the people that was coming in and out, the livestock that was coming in and out, the culture that was coming and going. Everything went through the gate. So that means everything that tries to come in and out of the gate of your life, you should be able to possess. That means that you are the head and not the tail. That means that you have the authority and the power to have dominion over the gates of your lives. And they are many. There are many gates in our lives. But we need to stop and to condemn those tongues that are spoken against us, both in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Because Isaiah 54 says this is a very powerful weapon. And you shall condemn every tongue that is spoken against you. You need to speak to those gates. You need to say, you are no longer going to rob. You're no longer going to rob my prosperity. And you say, well, pastor, I, I'm really not prosperous. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because you've inherited everything God get, got. And let me say something else to you. My understanding of God Almighty is that he's not poor. Any of you wanna say God's poor? You think he's worried about where provision is coming tomorrow or today or yesterday? Or so if you've inherited what he has, you've been blessed to be prosperous. Now, what's the level of that prosperity? I don't know. But I know it's more than enough for your needs. And I know it's more than enough for us not to have to have anxiety here on earth about tomorrow. Because Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Your father knows what you need. Well, if he knows what you need and he's gonna take care of it tomorrow, then we have to take authority over that gate. We have to tell that gate, I'm not gonna be open to your anxiety, your fears, I am not gonna be in poverty, but I am walking prosperously, and then you will. You take authority over it. You take authority over your body. You know, I I have no problem telling you there's many times when aches and pains and things inside all of a sudden hurt, and I take authority and I say, hey, I don't know what that is or who you are. I don't know if you're a liver, a kidney, a bow. I don't know what you are, but in Jesus' name, get out. I'm not receiving you. And I see people, I've flown a lot recently, and Laurelina, I've been all over the place, and a lot of people wearing masks everywhere. And they're, they're, they're just walking around in fear of coronavirus and SARS and the flu and this and that and that and this. And I just say, you know what? Flu, coronavirus, I don't care what you call yourself. You are not resting on this body. In Jesus' name. This is a holy, sanctified body of God. Not because I'm good. Because God is good. Amen. Amen. And so the gates, you need to take authority over the gates in your life. How about you stop for just a second? Just a second. I'll stop for one minute. Just a second. You know what that means in Italian? I shut my mouth. And you think for a moment about gates. Think of three gates in your life that you want to take authority over right now. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, 10 seconds for each, because if it takes you more than that, you're lying to yourself. Okay? I'm going to look at my watch. Do it. Okay, how many of you say, I got three gates? Hmm? Okay, a few of you have no gates. You want know me to tell you what a gate is again? It goes like this, it goes like this, it opens up. We all have gates. We all have gates. Sometimes it's revisiting an old gate. Pastor Dom was telling me that he had just gotten a little lazy about the strong man. Then he took authority back over it this week and boom. You see, it's not, a, it's not sin. It's not that you're, you're not working for God. Sometimes we just let things lapse. So we gotta take authority back over the gates, the gates of our children. How many of you say gates of your children? The gates of, 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 of marriage, the gates of, of, of not only children, but how about the gates of health, the gates of wealth? How about the gates of joy? you got to deal against depression or oppression. And it comes in the middle of the night like a flood and you don't know what happened. And Isaiah said, you will not be afraid of the terror by night or the darts by day. So you got to take authority over that gate. Many gates. But what I want you to do right now, if we do nothing else today, I want you to take authority over those gates right now. We could do an altar call but we don't need to. Not for that, we're gonna do it for other things for people that want prayer. We don't need to because the power that you have here is all the power you need it's not what i bring to you it's not what the other people praying bring to you although there is a lot that happens in a prayer of agreement we're not going to deal with that today but it's the power that comes from your own tongue knowing you have the authority in jesus christ to take and possess the gates of your enemies and anything that is trying to rob something from you is your enemy and that's what the devil is he's a thief he's a liar he's a deceiver he's a murderer he's a whoremonger, he's all kind of things, he's nothing good. And whatever he's trying to steal from you, your joy, your peace, your fellowship, your relationship, whatever it is, I want you to take possession of that gate right now. I want you in any way you want to do, you want to bow your head, you want to look wide awake, you want to stand up, you want to run out the door, come back in, I don't really care. Take authority over those gates right now. And here's how you do it, you name the gate, You name that gate. So for me, a lot of times, what it is, is that I just commit to too much. I just say okay. And then it's like (sighs) I have to take authority over that gate of too much. I have to take authority over that gate of excess. I have to take authority of that gate of, of false charity because that's what it is, you, you wanna do and be for whatever you can do and be, but you, you just can't do it and so you don't do any of it right. We have to prioritize, so I have to take authority over the priorities of my life. I have to let my yays be a's and my nays be nays. So I do that in Jesus' name. I take back that from my life. So what I want you to do right now, is just take a few minutes, just a, a minute, two minutes, And I want you to be honest, and don't be ashamed if you speak it out loud, if you want to whisper it, whisper it. But let it come out in words from your mouth, because it's power. You say, well, I was taught, you know, you don't want to say everything, because then the devil hears it. (laughs) You want him to hear you taking back the authority of your gates. You want him to hear the confession of the blood of the Lamb. You want him to hear that you have that authority and that power. You take it back right now, right now, right now. And so I'm just gonna say this, and I want you to say it with me. Say, Lord, I'm taking back what the enemy stole from me. I'm possessing the gates of my enemies right now. And here they are, I declare them in Jesus' name. Now speak them out, speak them out, speak them out. Don't be ashamed, speak them out. Speak them out loud. Let the Lord hear you, let the devil hear you, Speak them out, take your position, it's your rightful position. Take it back, take it back. The enemy's trying to steal your job, take it back. trying to steal your reputation, guess what? You don't have one, he can't take it. So take it back. Whatever he's trying to steal, take it back now in Jesus' name. I possess that gate, that's my gate, in Jesus' name. It's a covenant with God. God himself made the covenant. Possess the gates of your enemies. Take dominion, own it, don't let go of it, take it back. Now, I'm gonna share something else with you. Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, did he not? He said, I have not come to destroy the law, I've come to fulfill the law. Well, for those of us who are New Testament believers, that's hard because we get this notion the law is bad. We don't want anything to do with the law, but the law's not bad, the law is good. It's just people that are bad. But there's a law that's written and it's still written. It's written in the universal law of the kingdom of God. And that law says this. If somebody tries to steal something from you, tries to steal it from you, doesn't get it, tries to steal something for you, how many times do they have to make you right? Five times five times for just trying to steal something from you. Are there people, is there something going on in your life right now that's trying to steal something from you? Come on, has somebody got something here where it says, you know what? Da 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 da, da. I don't care what you call them, Is trying to steal something from me, stealing my bank account, stealing my happiness, stealing my time, stealing my joy, stealing my life, stealing my children, stealing my destiny. Hey, anybody got that? Put up five fingers. Devil, give it back five times now, in Jesus' name. Five times, right now, right now, right now, right now, according to the law of God, five times. Now, you wanna hear a better one? Huh? You wanna hear a better one? That law also says, if you were stolen, if something was stolen from you, taken from you, then the word of God says, it must be restored to you seven times. So anybody here had something stolen? Put seven fingers up, seven fingers. Say devil, see that? Give it back seven times. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come out,, ho, 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 ho. Declare it, demand it. I'm possessing the gates. And I'm telling you, through this gate, what you took seven times is coming back. Bring it back, bring it back, let it go. Take back what the enemy stole from you five times or seven times. Give the Lord a hand, come on. Come on. Come on, give a better, how. Bring it, bring it, Lord, let it come. Let it come, let it come. Let it come. Let it come. Bless you, Lord God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, we're going to seal that declaration with a confession. Say, Lord, you said it. it. I said it. I believe it. believe it. it. And I receive it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give him a hand. ah, I'm finally getting to my notes and we're out of time. You see what I told you? I try to just do too much. I've got enough notes for the next 52 weeks up here. I still got the notes from last week up here and the weeks before that and the week before that. Bless the Lord, but praise God, I'm enjoying this. I receive even as you receive. The Lord told me, to go to this point, so I'm going to end with it. I didn't expect to go there, and I actually had to say, Lord, I, okay, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking that way. And that was very early in the morning when I was here in, in my office. And, and what I received from him was that he said, son, speak this to my people. You know, it's so easy when God tells you what to do, isn't it? you really don't have to be good at it. You just have to be obedient, right? So he said this. I said, okay, Lord. He said, ask them this. Who is greater? What is greater? Christ in you or the past sins which were in you? Who is greater? Christ in you or the past sins that were in you? And he took me to this. If we could go to Matthew chapter 9. Verse 2. Then behold, they brought to him, Jesus, a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to this paralytic, Take heart, son. Be of good cheer. That means take heart. Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven you. And then, of course, the religious people, the scribes, said within themselves. (laughs) They said it within themselves, but Jesus could hear the heart. They thought they were getting away with being bad. Jesus heard the heart. And they said, who's this man? that blasphemes, who says your sins are forgiven. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, oh my Lord, Jesus knows our thoughts, said, why do you think evil, what was he looking at in your hearts? Have a good heart, son. Your sins are gone. Religious people, what's wrong with your heart? What's easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of God has power on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the paralytic, arise and take up your bed and go to your house. Go to the place of next. Pick up, go to the place of next. What's a hindrance going to the place of next? Our old sins, our own thoughts of sins. We're bound up by what just went wrong. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to shake off something new that went wrong. It's easy to shake off something old that went wrong, right? That wasn't me, I'm a different person now, but, but Pastor Frank, you did that yesterday. Ooh, shh. Huh? But Jesus says your sins are gone. You're forgiven, arise. Get new legs on and go to the place of next. So, we're going to close with this. It's a time to renew ourselves in Christ, to shake off the old. You do that with a conscience of yourself. You say, Lord, thank you for renewing me today in my mind and refreshing my spirit. You're not going to get a new spirit today unless you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You're going to get the spirit of God. But if you have the Spirit of God, you're not going to get a new spirit. You're going to be refreshing. The breath of God is, is going to stir up the activity inside of you, as the Word says. And there's going to be an activation of the things that are already there. And the inheritance of, I learned this when I was in the Spanish church. And the inheritance of things that are moving inside of you are going to go inside of you. My wife's over there. Get back in line, Frank. They get back in it, it, Deborah, that was a pretty good move. You didn't even say anything. Uh, You're the best dancer in this place. Okay. It wasn't that good, huh? In my mind, it looked really good. Okay. We're going to shake off those things that hold on to us and try to condemn us and tell us how bad we are and what we did wrong and we can't be used and look who you are. You think you're something great, but... Just yesterday or last week or last month, you did this or you did that. That's the enemy trying to capture us in a spirit of condemnation to tell us how bad we are instead of us saying how great Jesus is. And our righteousness can't be lost because it's his righteousness inside of us. And yes, I'm going to mess it up like Rick Joyner said, and I told him that many times. Rick, I take your word, but bless God I messed it up. Yes, I'm gonna mess it up, but I can't mess it up enough that I lose the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because all he wants to hear is truth from my mouth. Lord, forgive me. How many of us could say, Lord? Forgive me. Now I'm gonna ask you to do this. I'm gonna ask every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. If you're watching online, join in. And what I'd like you to do is just say this prayer of confession with me. First of all, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm the only one watching, thank you. If you have never received Christ as Lord, now you say, yeah, but I I went to church and I, I did too, but I never took him as my Lord, he was my religious God. Now it's time to take him as your Lord. If you've never said Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Lord, it's simple, if that's you, I just want you to put your hand up, I'm not gonna bring you up front just put your hand up. I'm the only one watching. I'm going to pray with you here in this house right now. You say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. Come on. I know there's at least three or four here. Holy Spirit told me that this morning. Come on. Don't don't be stubborn. Say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. Okay? There's one. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. And we're all going to say this prayer together. You can You can Leave your heads bowed and closed or you can look up. doesn't matter to me. Say, Father, thank you that you sent your Son. Thank you that he came as man and God. He never sinned. He was perfect here on earth. But yet he died for my sins. Not his sins, but my sins. He died on the cross. He descended into hell. He paid the price and the punishment for my sins. He was resurrected. He was seen on earth. And he ascended up to you, Father. And he's my Lord and my Savior. And because of his blood, my sins are forgiven. Forgive me, Father. Thank you, Lord that you wash me clean. Shake loose the things that try to come upon me, Lord. Renew my mind. Get rid of all sin consciousness. And Father, thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, let's get even closer. Measure my steps. Lead my path and keep me strong for your glory in Jesus' name.